Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, guys. Tuesday night, it is 6.06 p.m. Mountain Time. The last day of November, December is upon us, holiday season. Um, Carl, how you doing, man? I know you're going to be a busy a busy boy coming up here this next month, and we got a lot of meaningful football. It's not just draft work these days like it's been the last few years. So welcome in. You doing good? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm doing great. It's uh, it's beautiful weather here. Mm. My dad even went out and hit some golf balls. He didn't invite me. A little oh, disappointed in that. Rude. But, uh, <laughs> but now I've got a few projects done, and... Uh, it's just like I said, meaningful football in, in December. It's yeah. it's been a while, so it, it just it's pretty awesome to see playing for first place in the division on Sunday. Maybe snapping a, an eleven game losing streak against the Chiefs. I mean, a lot of things on the line, and I mean it's going to be a tough one. Chiefs yeah. Kansas City in December. That that's no fun. Coming Thankfully, it looks line. like it's going to be really good weather. It's supposed to be like fifties, sixties. So is that a good thing? Well, I don't, that, I don't know if that's a good thing. Uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, man, it looks like it's going to be a good game. Uh, unfortunately, the Chiefs are also coming off of a bye where Andy Reid historically is like 19 and three or something mm-hmm. coming off of a bye week. So uh, it's uh, it's going to be rough. Um, and luckily for the Broncos, they have multiple games after this Kansas City game. So if they do drop it, it's not the end of the world. But if they win, oh, buddy, we're going to be riding high. Um, <laughs> and it's it's Tuesday night. So we're definitely riding high as it is, guys. Obviously, this is uh, building the Broncos. There we go. It's up there. It's every Tuesday night. Uh, we're coming at you live, talking all things Broncos. Um, we're here 360, well, I guess not 365, divided by seven, whatever the heck it is. I We're doing math on the morning and the night show. What's going on here? It's really rough around here. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site take pick will give you 110 percent of the difference in the purchase price that's right guys when we were searching for tickets for the mhh meet and greet for week three at home broncos versus jets tick pick had us locked down so visit tickpick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save ten dollars on your first order of broncos tickets yeah Awesome. Um, I'll let Scott pull up. Uh, we do have a giveaway coming up. We have some people that we want to uh, flash, you know, maybe not someone out of our top uh, givers, but, you know, some of those people up there. But we want to say hello to the chat as well coming up here. Jayco's ads in the house. Peyton has done a good job of restocking the roster during the season. Amen, man. Peyton's done a, as good of a first draft as you could reasonably hope for. Um, I mean, across the board, the one pick that you're like, oh, man, what's going on there? 
Jamar Johnson, like a, a fifth round pick at safety. Oh, you took another one who's killing it. So like, who, what, la da um, And it's just his rookie season. He's not a bust yet, of course. Uh, Jay also says Peyton needs to do deep dive into the training staff this offseason. Made uh, way too many injuries for several seasons. Yep, you're right on that. And uh, some shout outs here to some of our people who have been very, very helpful to us uh, during this holiday season that are maybe are not our top givers, but people who are trending in the right direction, just like our Broncos. Malcolm Brown, uh, Chad's Tiny Marble, really making me laugh. I don't know if you've seen them yet, but their their picture is Chad's head, and it's it's awesome. Uh, John Clay Evington, or Evington, uh, Muhammad Badri, 727 Mill, and Christian DeJesus. So uh, thank you guys so much for uh, contributing. We also have the DWI guys, Michaela Parker, Naj Altif, Corey H., uh, Coach Chris, Kiaka coming in there, uh, Clayto Tornado. Casey Nickel, uh, DW, and Chris Hernandez coming in in their top 10. So uh, thank you guys so much. We appreciate the heck out of you. Um, keep them coming. You know, holiday seasons, it's, it's a giving season. We appreciate you. Uh, Dylan Von Arks is also in the house. Sup, Broncos country. Great to see you. Make sure you hit that like button in the way in. Todd saying hello, Jay and Dylan. Mike S is in the house. Great to see you. What's up, Broncos country? Carl Cross. Uh, cut Young LB had better not meant they cut Kenny Young. Um, yeah, that- they did not Let's squash him. that. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not Kenny Young. I promise you, it is a young linebacker, meaning they're just young. They're a youthful player. Uh, mm-hmm. It was Robinson, guy that did. It's a little bit of a surprise in the fact he did get a lot of playing time against the Eagles and the Browns, two of the Broncos' worst defensive performances this year. Uh, correlation, causation, mm-hmm. that whole argument there. Uh, he, he's not been good. But let's just say that. So I'm not too disappointed that he's gone, but I'm a little bit surprised with just how much the linebacker core has been banged up. Uh, that to me, Avery Williams is still on the roster, right? Avery Williamson. He's I been, think so. So I, that to me means that they think he's probably up and running because my God, and this is no disrespect to Curtis Robinson. Uh, he's made it and played meaningful snaps in the NFL, but uh, every time he's been on the field, it's been like, Oh my God, that guy is such a, a weakness on the field compared mm-hmm. to his peers. And again, you know, it's I don't want to totally shame that guy because he probably should have never seen the field. Uh, it's injuries made him call upon action and he answered the call. But uh, man, <laughs> struggles. I, I'm uh, I hope he bounces on his feet. And I hope he's better down the line. But uh, I'm I'm happy that there are other options for Denver going forward. Uh, hello to Malcolm and Homer Alaska. We just gave you a shout out, uh, Malcolm. Hope you're doing well. Um, Joshua Shadow coming in. The streak ends on prime time. Uh, God, man, I hope so. I wish it would have been. I don't want it to be like a snowy game. And thank you so much for the stars, Joshua. That's uh, it's really helpful and supportive. And we appreciate that. I wish you mentioned it was going to be good weather there. You know, clear skies, uh, 50 to 60 degrees. I don't want it to be like the snow game. I was at that snow game a few years ago. Ter- terrible. They were just <laughs> awful. It took forever to get the stadium too. Um, but uh, I wish it was going to be a little bit colder because the Broncos right now, this is a team that wants to get in a rock fight and uh, cold weather games. I want to see Quinn Miners, you know, in his element, you know, wearing the crop top when it's snowy on the ground, uh, zero degrees and just banging dudes because that this Broncos team, if they can get into those cold weather games. Nobody's going to want to play them the, the way they're playing right now. They, they're going to out physically you every single play. Um, and I, I love that. I mean, it's people, you know, Peyton Manning, Star Wars numbers, really fun. What the Broncos did to the Chargers this last week, absolutely beating the crap out of them on both sides of the line of scrimmage as enjoyable, if not more so enjoyable because you physically, uh, what's a imposed your will. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, I love, I love the flow of the NFL and the fact that you go from the nineties where it was just run it up the middle three yards, cloud of dust kind of thing uh, to 
2000s with Peyton Manning and uh, Drew Brees and some of those guys. You started spreading things out a lot, making teams have to cover the entire field. And now we're getting into well, we've got them so spread out. They're playing this this cover two shell or cover four, and and they're not worried about the run game because they're so afraid of the pass game. Well, let's just run it up the middle with a big running back and and just power through them where we're going to make them have to commit more guys to the box to open up the pass game. And, and so you just see this game that just continues to, to to evolve depending on what everything's going on. And you love to be at the front of that. And I love the Broncos are kind of at the front of this getting Javante Williams, a guy that's that's stronger can go up the middle, you know, take on one guy and make a miss and, and turn into a really, really big positive play for the Broncos. It just, it has, it's set up well for the Broncos to do well with this run game. And you're finding it's becoming a net positive for the offense to actually run the ball again in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, Running the football is back, baby. Um, with the advent of the two high shells, that's what you're looking for. Um, Andrew Lampy with the stars here. Hello, hope everyone had a wonderful day. Hope you had a wonderful day, Andrew. Thank you so much for the stars. Uh, we appreciate you're consistently in here, so we don't think uh, we don't recognize that. Uh, I've Ivan coming in here, Yvonne coming in here. I said, I, Yvonne, Yvonne coming in here, Yvonne Perez. <laughs> thank you so much, Yvonne. Always supporting us, too. You're also consistently in here supporting us. We appreciate you. First question Who should we sign first? Uh, Kenny Young. Alexander Johnson or Josie Jewell. Uh, Carl, I'll kick this one to you. What do you think? And thank you so much for your support, Yvonne. So one, it, it it's tough to tell is Fangio going to be back. Let, let's just assume Fangio's back. No, I, just have to I, I know. I know. People are gonna, oh my gosh. Now the comments are going to go crazy. But let's just assume he is. So we people. keep this consistent def, defense set up. Yeah. For sure. uh, I, I, I've been saying Josie Jewell, but Baron Browning has been playing the Josie Jewell role. So do you want to move Baron Browning away from where he's being successful? I think that Josie Jewell could play either role. Honestly, I think it was more Alexander Johnson's limitations and what he did best that made uh, AJ get that role versus Josie. Because Josie originally was that more weak side space player with AJ filling in. uh, Yeah, Yeah. yes, exactly. So uh, they rotated those guys this season, I I felt, in their role. So I think Josie could do either. And I'm good with that. And so, yes, Josie Jewell still is my first choice. Honestly, I'd love to see them sign Jewell and Young. Um, Nothing against Alexander Johnson. I I just think his style of play doesn't always work for the NFL. Like, there's some limitations. What he does well, he does well. There are some teams that are very specific that could fit him. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, they're the Patriots disciples right now. The Bill Belichick, and I think I've talked about it on here, he's gone to like a 1980-style defense, which is a 5-0-5 front with two linebackers that are literally uh, Juwan Bentley and Donta Hightower are both over 260 pounds as a second-level player as a linebacker. Yeah, Not many teams are doing that, and Alexander Johnson's at like 255, 260 as well. So if he could go to one of those type of teams, I could see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, again, for me, uh, I like both all these guys. If you think that um, AJ slash Jewel could get you compensatory picks and where Kenny Young would not be eligible for that. I mean, even if you're talking, you know, a sixth or seventh round pick in 2023, maybe that's enough to tip the scales to Kenny Young versus these other two. Personally, I'm approaching each of these guys with like a two year, seven point five million dollar contract and saying whoever signs it gets to stay. (laughs) Yeah, that's. Because yeah. I, I know everybody's really excited about Kenny Young and whatnot, but like, isn't Kenny Young's very existence and how well he's playing out of the out of the gate for what little Denver traded for him the exact reason you don't back the Brinks trap up for Kenny Young? 
I mean, I, he's playing great football. And obviously there's a point where you're getting killed. Hello, Curtis Robinson. When you lose, when you get so deep in your depth, but like you found Kenny Young mid season and your linebacker quarters right now looks really good. Yeah. Why, why invest, why over invest in it then? I, I right. don't, right. It's a catch 22. Right. And, um, and none of these guys are going to go fetch giant money on the market. I don't think Johnson, I think Johnson's probably the guy that actually could get the biggest contract yeah, because like I said, what he is good at, he is really good at Yeah, his ability to come downhill, be a missile, uh, help in the pass game with being a blitzer. Those are things that teams are going to want. I'll, I'll be, be honest. He would be amazing in Miami. Brian yeah. Flores, his defense next to Jerome Baker. It's perfect fit. I mean, yeah. it really is. Um, great question though. I mean, you can't go wrong with any of them. You need to bring back one of them. Shout out though. You feel pretty good because Baron Browning looks great. So you only need to bring back one of them, right? We talked all off season. You might be losing both your linebackers. You're going to be okay with Browning. Yeah. Um, Gary leads Palmer, just a little love Gary. That's a lot of love. We appreciate you. We have a lot of love for you. Um, yeah. so thank you so much. Lawrence also with the stars running plays are where most players get hurt though. We need to be able to count on throwing it just as good as we can run it. Um, I don't honestly don't know the correlation or the data here in a correlation is wrong with the data here for as far as run plays versus pass plays causing injury. Um, I'd have to, I think most of the actually big injuries happen in special teams. Um, cause you have the guys running so big, like full speed, like it's, what is it? It's a car crash yeah. on the field. Um, you need depth no matter what though. And I would say that the pass game positions, actually you see a, typically you see a bigger rotation in those positions compared to the run game positions, right? Like yeah. a wide receiver, cornerback, edge rusher, those are rotating a lot on the field. You're not seeing as much rotation at linebacker running back offensive line. Yeah. And, and I'd say, yes, you want to be multiple. You want to be able to win many different ways because you're going to face many different types of defenses. Some of them are going to be great against the run. Hey, let's pass it. If they're great against the pass. Hey, let's run it. You want to be that. Yeah. But if you can't be, because obviously the Broncos are going to be limited by their quarterback and, and they're limited by their offensive line right now. Yeah. I really. know a lot of people are excited about what these backups showed in this last game, but backups can do backups can do well in the run game. I mean, you get these guys going downhill. It's It's simple. They can do that. You get this team losing by 10 points and they're asked to be in pass protection. I think you're going to sit there and say, oh, no. I mean, that's what happened in the Eagles game. Yeah. You ask I mean, those guys to have to pass protect and it it was not pretty. No. Yep. It's those slow developing pass plays. And I know that a lot of people, you know, scream Pat Shermer, Teddy Bridgewater, check down, not pushing it down the field. But when you're playing, you know, backup, backup tackles. And your guards that are in there are so much better in run protection than pass protection. I mean, Quinn Miners, I'm excited about him, but his pass blocking has been volatile. That's the word I'll use. And <laughs> Quinn My and uh, Moody even more so. Yeah. Um, so you're playing to your strengths when you have the lead there. And that's obviously the formula for this team. But at some point, another team's going to get ahead of you. You're going to have to rely on the drop back pass game. It's the NFL, right? This isn't Bama versus a lot of these SEC teams in like the mid 2000s where they could just run it every single time. And eventually their defense and offensive line talent would just, you know, overcome you. Um, yeah. You can't do that in the NFL. But uh, right now, that's that's kind of how it's lining up. Naj coming in here. Speaking of lining up, $20. Always coming. Actually, $19.99. Naj is pretty consistent with that $19.99. We love you for it. My favorite <laughs> number, Naj, every time I see it. Hey, bros. I feel like there's been added energy to the team since Young came in. Him and Browning fly around. Even Fangio has shown some emotion. Do you see this as our starting linebacker unit over the next few years? Well, we did kind of just answer this. Um, so we'll... I mean, but we got to answer this because it's a super, it could be, um, it really could be, um, uh, I would have no issue with any of the Broncos pending free agent linebackers plus Baron Browning. I mean, Baron Browning is playing like hundred percent of the snaps right now. 
he is not only the guy that's in there in base, but he's in there playing sub as well, uh, which is amazing for how big he is, what kind of athlete he is. Um, and he's just getting better as if he, the big thing with him is if he can stay healthy, but this is definitely yeah. possible to be your linebacking core. Um, we'll need to see if they are keeping Fangio or not. That could maybe change things for three, three, four, what kind of bodies you're looking for. Like right. last year, I was way out on Jeremiah Wusakoromo, who looks amazing, but he's a four, three will, and they just haven't used Fangio doesn't use that guy, right? Doesn't use that body. Um, but maybe we'll be talking about that type of fit and you'll change your, your linebacker core perception there. Yeah. I, I love I can't remember if it was Browning or Fangio talking about the fact that Browning and Fangio get together and go over film, just the two of them. And he gets to ask the, the master of defense, all these questions of what he's seeing. And so you, you combine that athleticism with the mental processing of the game, man, that guy could turn into an absolute star for this Broncos team. And uh, I'm hoping for that obviously. And, and young, he's getting better each week. You can tell there was some some growing pains, mm-hmm. some times where he was out of position, not where he's supposed to be. Uh, he lucked into a few plays, honestly, where he hit the wrong hole. And it just so happened the hole he hit is right where the running back was running. And and I know you can sit there and say, well, he did what he was supposed to do. You can tell there's certain lanes they're supposed to be in. And uh, But like I said, he's learning each week, getting better. And if that continues watch out for this defense. They could finally become what the Broncos have, have been hyped up to be all all year. Yeah. And uh, to that point, we got Joseph coming in here. Joseph Malinowski coming in. Uh, Malinowski, Polish name, right? The, the skis Polish. I don't know. I don't know. I grew up close to Illinois. There's a lot of uh, Polish kids in my college or Polish descent. Um, what's everyone up? Everyone hope for the Broncos win this weekend, but which team will show up? After how we beat the Cowboys and the Chargers and then lose to the Eagles, who's going to show up? And I actually, I wanted to get into this one and to your point, talking about the defense being who they want to be. Um, football Outsiders, which is probably one of my favorite subscriptions for advanced football data. They use uh, DVOA, DYAR, that uses a lot of weighted statistics. So it it depends on who you've played and how well you've played them, not just you know the basic outcome of the game stats kind of things, not count stats. Um, the Broncos defense this year, or the Broncos offense this year, Variance, I guess, if we need to lead up to it. Variance is like how how much your team fluctuates uh, week to week and how much that unit fluctuates. Broncos offense this year, their variance is fourth in the NFL, which means they're pretty consistent, the same offense week to week. You know what you're going to get. Steady Teddy, I mean, really leaning into that Steady Teddy. The Broncos defense, though, 28th compared to all defenses and variance. And I think this really goes to uh, the point here from Joseph. Uh, the Broncos, the Cowboys and the Chargers game, defense comes out. They are relentless. They're killing it. Um, they're not giving up touchdowns. They're getting fourth down stops in the, like maybe both in the first, all of them in the first half, um, killing it. Uh, the Eagles game, they give up 20 points on five convert uh, on five possessions should have been 24 points on five possessions, which is unheard of bad. Um, and that just goes to show who, who's this team going to be. Defense needs to be more consistent. That's supposed yep. to be the identity of the team when they're good. They're really, really good when they're bad. They're bad. Um, so it'll be tough. Yeah. All right, we got Cody W coming in here with the super chat saying Josie back on special teams going to be nice too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think a lot of people really got after the Broncos for doing that. They're unfortunately with only what is it, forty six players active every mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah, some starters are going to have to play on some special teams. It, it's just the way it is. And yes, you you're right earlier when you said special teams is where you see a lot of injuries, and you're putting them at risk. But otherwise, you can't have an entire roster either. <laughs> so yeah. you just, they're going to have to be 
multiple in what they do. And I know I had somebody earlier this week that had made the comment of, you know, the Broncos should have just kept Lindsay instead of having Boone. I said, well, Lindsay doesn't work as the third running back because your third running back has to be special teams as well. Like, yeah, you love if they can be out there running the football, you know, if an emergency situation happens, but you can't have them do nothing through the game if everybody stays healthy. Yeah. You need them to be able to help on special teams. Yep. Yeah. Lindsay's in a uh, unfortunate position given the trend of the NFL right now, the running back position. He came into the league older. He had a lot of touches at Colorado. Broncos got him cheap, his best seasons, probably undrafted free agents. So he didn't get paid. And now the NFL is really leaning towards massive running backs that make teams have to bring down a box uh, safety into the box to account for the run game. And uh, Lindsay just doesn't do that. And if you're going to be small, you better bring something to the pass game. And Lindsay doesn't do that either. So it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, we have the good years with him and we'll always have those, but uh, not sure what's going to be the future for him. Travis coming in here. Evening, fellas. Our Broncos and Hawkeyes need to win this weekend. Oh, man, <laughs> Travis. I am I'm going to be an emotional wreck. And I'm, I'm a little bit bummed. I'm not going to cancel on Luke, and I'm not going to cancel on you guys because I love you. But the Broncos Big Ten Championship kicks off Saturday at 5, which is right when Mile High Insider starts. So uh, I love you, but uh, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit uh, distracted, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I'm, I'm sure the chat will be here for you, whether oh, it's God. good or bad. And uh, we got Lando Leak coming in here with more stars. Really appreciate that, Lando. And I uh, love that name, Lando. I'm a big Star Wars guy, so that one's always nice. But uh, and Andrew Baker coming in with more stars. Really appreciate that, Andrew. Uh, a lot going on with quarterback talk, owners and coaches. But what would y'all want playoffs this year and keep everyone or a Peyton build? Love y'all. Good evening, Nick, Carl, and Scott. Hashtag MHH for life. Uh, thank you, Andrew, and uh, love you as well. And just appreciate always seeing you here in this chat and asking great questions. Um, you know, I, I think part of Peyton coming here is he did like Fangio. I think he respects him a lot, and I don't think he really wants to fire Fangio. He wants to have him be successful, and consistency is huge in the NFL. If the yeah. Broncos can do that, I think it'd be great. Obviously, they're going to have to, no matter what, even if they make the playoffs, still look at this staff and say, okay, maybe we do need to make new do need to make some changes. Um, you know, special teams being one of the worst in football, got to do something about that. Yeah. You can't just keep saying, McMahon, you know, figure it out. Eventually, you have to say, dude, you haven't figured it out. We've given you three years. That's enough. To be um, fair, to be fair, the best special teams play of the entire season just happened last week where they pinned him on the one yeah. and uh, all the momentum in the world from that. Um, I mean, that was really huge. That's everyone drank, but that's like what the Iowa Hawkeyes have done all season. They have one of the worst offenses in football and they are getting it done because they have the best kicking game in college football, bar yeah. none. Um, so, uh, yeah, thank you so much, Andrew. Uh, I mean, this year playoffs, uh, Broncos, have everything they want in front of them. Season's not over if they lose to the Chiefs. Uh, because they still have a lot of AFC West games left and they have a Detroit Lions game. And fortunately, that Bengals game looks like it'll be uh, that one might honestly be for one of the last playoff spots um, when we look down at it at the end of the season. Um, but they really need to win that one. They cannot go 0-4 versus the AFC North and uh, expect to make the playoffs, really. Yep. So um, got to win that one. Every single one of these games is a must win, probably besides this at Chiefs game. I I'm already putting that <laughs> one in as a loss in my head, just given of course they had to give them Sunday night after a bye week, right? It's just like, you know, middle finger for the Broncos. At least we get them at home to close out the season, which might be for the AFC West. God, that would be incredible. The vibes would be amazing. Mm -hmm. Always amazing. Also, Miguel, sup fellas. Good to see you, Miguel. Um, Jewel the Fool, haven't seen you in a bit. Talking about Josie Jewel earlier. Um, dang, I actually made it. It's good to see you. Also, Paul's in the house. One of Carl and I's favorites. We go 
backpack. Uh, Paul's been around forever back in like when we were just like recording a podcast and ripping off of YouTube, you know, <laughs> way back. So we appreciate you, Paul. Um, Yvonne coming in here too, saying, I got a feeling that we are getting closer to keeping Fangio than firing him. Uh, what do you think, Carl? Where, where are we at? Well, I mean, he's got two signature wins on the season against the Cowboys now against the Chargers. And if he gets another, say, two signature wins, let's say they beat the Chiefs once, which would be huge against snapping that that streak, getting that monkey off our back. Um, and then, of course, another division game, I, I would say either have to beat the Chargers again or beat the Raiders. If you can do that or if you can beat the Chiefs twice, I mean, that, that would be huge for, for his success rate. But I still think he has to make the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think you can go nine and eight, miss the playoffs, and still be okay keeping him. I, I mean, maybe as as Peyton would have to probably step in and say, okay, these are the guys that have to be gone. If you want to stay, you have to be willing to let go of these people on your staff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if they make the playoffs and they play really well down the stretch, then probably a lot of these guys are going to be back, right? That's just, that's just the reality of it. And that would be, that means good things happened, right? I don't know if it would be a good thing, but that means good things happened to get there. So we'll see. Um, Lawrence coming back in here saying, I'm over here singing old dominion song you ain't in love with him break up with him to Peyton for fangio uh yeah i mean it's fangio thing seems like things are maybe getting on the right path for fangio and the defense they got to be more consistent here down the stretch and yeah. we still have what six games left um it's like you know you have uh you've had multiple tests or pop quizzes you have 17 pop quizzes throughout the year and you get your final grade at the end broncos right now probably averaging at about a c plus right six and five C plus and needed to get a B to go on to the next level or the next, yep. you know, graduate. So you needed a B. Um, so we still have multiple pop quizzes left. They could go all the way down to a D. They could go all the way up to a, a B, a minus. I mean, so we got to let, we got to let the season to play itself out before we are totally in or out on Fangio. Cause we got more data to collect, right? That's the big thing. Don't, don't make conclusions while the, while you're still accumulating more data. Yeah. And winning solves a lot of problems. You know, a, a locker room becomes a lot better when you start winning, obviously. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I always think of Aqib Talib. When you're winning, that guy is one of the best locker room guys in football. Yeah. You start losing, he becomes one of the quickest cancers in football. Emmanuel Sanders falls in that same category for me. You know, you just got those guys that have those kind of personalities. They need to be winning to make things good. And yeah they just can't overcome that idea of losing. It just gets to them. And then they start really talking. They're, they're, they're talkers. <laughs> and sometimes that's not always the best thing for you. What does that make us? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. All right. Well, we got Corey Johnson coming in here with the super chat fans. Late picks cost less cap. Winning is good. Yeah. You know, that that's the great thing is you're seeing it this year. Injuries have happened again this year, like they did last year but they've had the depth to make up for it. You got five rookies that are contributing on defense, uh, at least in some kind of capacity. You got Cooper, um, of course, <laughs> Sertan. Um, you got Browning. You got Caden Stearns. I thought there was another one. I couldn't think of one? a fifth one. I okay, four. Okay, you got four for sure. Um, and then of course on offense, you got another couple rookies that are making big impacts for the Broncos and Quinn Miners and Javante Williams. Uh, so it's great to see those young guys becoming really the foundation of this team moving forward. You, you love it. And there are at least the potential that they could be the foundation. 
Yeah. And, you know, you got other young guys, Jerry Judy, that are contributing. Um, you know, it, it just, it, it's nice to see, but it, it just, they're, they're still going to have to figure out, obviously, the quarterback position if they want to take that next step. And a few other positions just got to get a few things cleaned up. Yeah. We got Kevin G coming in here, $2, saying, uh, Tom Brady ain't it. No, I'm just Teddy Bridgewater. But uh, what QB would you move up to grab? Um, Teddy Bridgewater is probably right where the Broncos expected him to be. Um, this season, he, a lot of some metrics have him like composite EP or CPOE plus EPA has him as the second best quarterback in football this season. Um, obviously that's, there's uh, yeah. some garbage time in those as well. When you filter in garbage time out, uh, from plays when the win probability is less than 10 or over 90, he falls all the way to 10th, um, in, in that ranking. So obviously some of those games, he was getting fat with some garbage time and to see him fall down there, but still, I mean. That's him. It's the tenth best quarterback in football this season. Yeah. Um. I think he's uh, t- uh, ten in DYAR as well, and uh, eight or nine in uh, DVOA. Uh, I think he's like nineteenth in QBR. So he's he's what you thought he'd be. You know, we said coming into the season, yeah. he's probably going to be the twelfth to the twenty second best quarterback. When the Broncos recently have had the twenty eighth to the thirty second best quarterback. Right. Um. So the team, uh, because of that, has uh been competitive and we're playing meaningful football for the first time since 2016 because of that. So uh, is Tom Brady it or is Tom Brady is Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> it as far as a franchise quarterback and the answer, like in all caps, the answer long-term no, 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 no short-term guy who can make sure you, everybody's pulling the right direction that you're not paying too much for and also not putting you in a position where you are, you know, dead to right at the moment week one rolled around. Like Trevor Simeon year. Oh my God. Trevor Simeon seasons. No, that that's at least you have some competency under center. Um, yeah. So um, I appreciate the comment, but uh, Teddy Bridgewater ain't it, but he's also not, not it as far as a competent quarterback, which if everything is right around him, he can be good. And as far as trading up for quarterback, my God, man, I, I don't want to trade up for any quarterback unless you're talking the very end of the first round. I just, I would rather than punt on this class right now, unless they fall in love with a dude's personality and it doesn't cost too much. And then it's like, okay, because the heart and the intelligence matter so much for the quarterback. But right now, none of these quarterbacks just stand out to me as far as a big investment. Yeah. I, I keep saying when you have to convince yourself to like someone, they're probably not worth liking. Yeah. And, and that's what I feel like with this quarterback class is I'm trying to find anything to make me want one of these guys. Mm-hmm. And I just, I can't find it yet. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's little things, you know, that they have little moments. That make you go, okay, they could be something. You get them in the right situation and all that. But there's just none of them that just jump off a page like we saw with this last class that we were obviously drooling over for about four or five of the guys. It's just not there. And so to me, thankfully, Russell Wilson is maybe hurting his value right now with his finger not being fully healed and trying to go out there and, and play. So maybe it doesn't cost as much to go get. And yeah. then he comes here and, and get turns back into the old Russell Wilson that he's been since he entered the NFL. That that would be a beautiful thing to see. Uh, and I think you stick Russell Wilson with this kind of offensive players and uh, sky's the limit at that point, obviously. And Rogers as well. Is Russell Wilson self-aware enough where he can be in the offense that is more run centric play action, deep shots, efficiency, you know, the Ryan Tannehill with Derrick Henry style of offense. Cause that's where he was his best. Um, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm curious if the hubris for Russell Wilson with him wanting to be one of the all time greats is too big where he wants to play like Peyton Manning shotgun, uh, throw it 50 times a game. I don't think that's his best. I don't think that's when Russell Wilson's at his best. No. So that, that concerns me 
a little bit with him. Um, Cause I think there's a very specific style that can work great with him, but I don't think he sees that as conducive with what his, his goals are for his like career and legacy. Just that, that scares. I love, I would take him still, but I'm just like, that makes me a little <laughs> concerned. Um, Andrew Baker coming in here saying, heck, let's pick all, let's all pick against the Broncos every game left and they'll win. Honestly, I'm going to, pro- I won't do that against the lions. I'm um, sorry, everybody. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll be picking against them against Kansas city. We'll see what the spread is uh, as it gets closer, but uh, I'll, I'll be picking Kansas city. Unfortunately, not going to ride too high or too low. I wanted to get to this one from toast as well. Um, Cause he asked it a couple of times and uh, we don't want, we don't only get to the stars and uh, super chats, but if you do get those, then obviously we will get to those uh, thoughts on Jonathan Cooper. Um, he's been <laughs> as good of a seventh round pick as you could possibly imagine for the edge rush position. There's, there's no position in the NFL that is correlated as much with NFL success and draft position as the edge rusher position, because typically bigger, faster, stronger at that position translates more than any other position. Um, Jonathan Cooper falling to seventh. He probably wouldn't have been a seventh round pick without the heart condition, but fell into the seventh and playing like he is incredible. I would say he's playing like a second round pick right now, maybe even a back end of the first round pick. Um, yeah. So been amazing. Um, Broncos still need to go after more edge rushers this off season. Uh, regardless of Jonathan Cooper, you need three that you can trust on. And they're about to have two guys that are going to be free agents after 2022. Uh, but he's been incredible. Maybe the best return on investment of any of the picks in this draft. Yeah. I was thinking about that with the the question earlier about Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Of the Broncos are paying him 4 million this year hmm. uh, over the cap has his value at $27 million a year. Holy bleep. So That's... I'm just saying, I know a lot of people think, man, he's not playing great, but compared to what the Broncos are playing him, he is playing way above what his contract is. And Jonathan he's, Cooper, he... same thing, yeah. playing way above what you ever should expect from a seventh round pick. And that's just great for the Broncos, obviously, to find those kind of diamonds in the rough. I always think of like uh, Trevathan is another one. He was in the sixth round. Obviously, Chris Harris is an undrafted guy. Shaq Barrett. Yeah, these guys don't come around very often, but, Mm -hmm. you know, you shouldn't expect that this is going to happen. And then you just celebrate when you get it. Yeah, and I think we need to address the chat because everybody's um, upset. Uh, Chad made the title of it. Um, <laughs> the Broncos did not move on from Kenny Young. Uh, repeat, Broncos did not move on from Kenny Young. It was young linebacker Curtis Robinson. Um, I probably should have had a read on that first because that is obviously uh, confusing. And I see why you guys are talking about it in the chat. So not not Kenny Young. Uh, repeat. Um, the other Broncos moves today is uh, they added Adrian Ely, offensive tackle, and uh, running back Kareth White. Uh so those are the big ones coming up here, I guess, quote unquote, big. Hopefully you will not see either of those guys. You know, it's one of those things where we talk about it today. And then a week from now, they've been waived and they added a couple new guys. Um, but, you know, that's uh, it is what it is. Travis Tarbox coming in saying, hopefully in the draft next year, we can find a true right tackle. That would be great. Uh, it looks like a pretty good tackle class coming up here this season. Um, I was liking what I was seeing from Nicholas Petit Freer until what happened versus Michigan this week. And, uh, <laughs> Some concerns about his anchor, which people are like, you know, I don't really trust his anchor really became pretty obvious versus Aiden Hutchinson just plowing through him. Um, he has the frame, though, and movement skills where it's like maybe you take him day two and he can work on the anchor because he is big and he has left and right tackle versatility. Um, but right now, he'd probably be below Ika McQuanu, who I absolutely love. I'm not probably going to have Ika McQuanu over Evan Neal when it comes to the draft board. Uh, he's I think he's incredible. Um, Evan Neal, obviously Alabama. Trevor Penning, another northern Iowa guy. Some people are talking about him maybe being the number one tackle in this class. He's he's pretty pretty damn good. Uh, yeah. Charles Cross from Mississippi State is another one. Kenyon Green has some inside outside versatility. It's it's a it's a damn good trench class coming up here. I'm I'm really excited for the trench players. 
Yep. Both sides of the ball. And exactly yeah. what the Bronco it kind of this draft in some ways, other than a quarterback, lines up with what the Broncos need. So it's nice that way. Uh, we'll have to see how much they have to give away if they want to trade for a veteran quarterback. Then it might have to change how we're we're going about this. Um, I, I still wouldn't mind them bringing back Massey I on top of drafting a, a tackle because we're, we're seeing this year how much depth matters. I mean, mm-hmm. Massey goes down, Fleming's come in. Not that Fleming's been great, no, but he's at least he's in he's a body on the field. Uh, we, but uh... the, the interior, especially, you're seeing guys that are playing well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you saw, I think it was that first drive versus the Eagles. The Broncos tried a couple drop back things and like Fleming chauffeured an edge rusher to the quarterback position. After that, Shermer is like, you know what? I'm not going to call those slow developing pass plays anymore, but we'll give it a go. Um, or we'll, uh, we'll change our strategy here. So it's a, it's a little bit, uh, it's too much, um, unfortunately. But as far as tackles goes, I agree with you hundred percent. I would love to bring back Massey for a two-year deal for probably low starter money, high backup money. And then if you go into the draft and you don't walk away with a tackle that you feel good about day one, you're going to be okay. If you go into the draft and you get a really good uh, tackle as your best pick in the first or second round, great. You didn't overpay for the right tackle position, so you don't feel you have to go away from there um, and not address it because you already paid somebody, right? So that gives you the flexibility in the draft where you're covering your butt, but you're also making it so you can be flexible and take that good player if he falls to you. I'm with you there. What do you think of, is it Dane Brugler? Put out his first mock draft. I did not see it. Uh, okay. Not yet. I've been pretty darn busy at work. Um, but uh, I think you said it was Jordan Davis. Yep. For the Broncos pick at 17 overall. Um, I like Jordan Davis a lot. It does make me a little bit concerned um, that he plays like 30% of Georgia's defensive snaps. And the fact that uh, he might be the, as crazy as it sounds, he might be the third best NFL player on that defensive line. Um, they have, a an edge rusher that is an absolute freak. Um, Trevon Walker, I think he's, he's six foot five, 275 pounds. And there are plays when he drops into coverage and he looks like a 230 pound linebacker, like flipping his hips. It's, I mean, Georgia's crazy. And then they also have a, a defensive tackle by the name of uh, Jalen Carter, who will be a top 10 pick next year. No yeah. doubt. I mean, wow. Uh, but I really like what Jordan Davis does as far as a true zero one technique, uh, technique, um, he makes it so that way you can have a different type of body and allocate different, different resources to the box. Um, because you're not going to have to worry as much about the run game. He can clog so much up there. Right. Um, I just worry about using a pick on a guy who is 360 pounds at mile high air. That's only playing 35% of the snaps. Like, is yeah. that a good allocation of resources? You know, I, I'm with you there. I, I just, I mean, for those who don't know, Jordan Davis is a nose tackle for Georgia. And he is a mountain of a man. Uh, They have a picture of what a normal person looks like, then a 300-pound defensive lineman next to him, and then Jordan Davis towering over both of them. Uh, Just, like I said, just a mountain. And his ability in the middle of the field. And and I'm just thinking of today's NFL game. Like I said, with teams wanting to spread people out and then run up the gut, a guy like that allows you to continue to stay in that that two-deep safety shell or whatever you want to do, cover four allows you to keep doing that because you have one guy that's pretty much taken the the job of two guys there in the box. Um, yeah. So you're right though. Mile high air guy, that size only playing about 30, 40% of the snaps anyway, there at Georgia. But when he is in that defense, it's almost impossible to, to do anything against him. Yep. 
Yeah, I I hear you. I just I don't know yeah. if it's the best allocation resources given how many snaps he plays. But uh, alas, um, we had a question coming in. Oh, there he is. Oh my God, yeah, yep. he is a he's a unit. He <laughs> yes. is an absolute unit, as they say. And if that's you didn't one know, thing. Number also- ninety nine is him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My favorite player on this Georgia defense is probably besides Jalen Carter, who won't be eligible until next year. Um, it's probably Nicobe Dean, but like Nicobe yep. Dean is so small. And is he able to not have to take on blockers in the box and have to come downhill and fill because Jordan Davis is so big. That's always the issue with these uh, amazing uh, teams with so much uh, talent. So uh, we'll see. Um, there was a question here about where do the Broncos rank? Here we go. Uh, Cody W with the super over on YouTube. Thank you so much, Cody. What other teams have the draft capital capital Denver has? Um, over on Tankathon, they actually have something called draft power rankings, which calculates all of the picks that you have. And there's the old Jimmy Johnson uh, pick calculator, which has a specific value for every single pick. So right now, the Broncos, despite them picking, I think, 17th overall in the draft, they have the eighth most value in the draft right now. They're behind the Atlanta Falcons, Jacksonville Jaguars, Houston Texans, New York Giants, Philadelphia Eagles, Detroit Lions, and New York Jets. So... Um, obviously that can fluctuate as the game goes, uh, changes, um, obviously, and the team's picking one, two, and three, like the value drops logarithmic decay kind of thing where it just yep. drops very quickly. Um, like you'd have to have like three or four 20th overall picks to equal the first overall pick. Um, but still, um, Broncos are in a good spot with that much capital. And they also have a lot of flexibility because of that capital as well, which I think is key. You can see some maneuvering in the draft. You can see them being aggressive for a quarterback. You can see them trade some of that 2022 capital and turn it into 2023 capital. You can use some of that capital to go out there and do what the Ravens have done all these years and go out there and trade for like a Clayus Campbell for a fourth round pick. And he immediately is a great pick. The other teams can't fit him under their cap. We'll take a Clayus Campbell. Hell, Mm -hmm. why not? Because you have that (laughs) excess capital. You can do stuff like that. For sure. And and that's... You have to remember a lot of teams have been trading first round picks lately. Yeah. I think there's at one point in the draft, if if it happened today, it would go like Jets, Jets, Giants, Giants, Eagles, Eagles, or something like that. I mean, like those guys, they they have some incredible power there in the first round and and yeah, high right. first round picks. You're right. That's the, the problem 10. is that the, the teams that that traded away are not doing good this year. Seattle trading a safety for a safety, two first round picks. You and I have talked about it before. That, that's just not good value. I, I'm sorry. As good as Jamal Adams is, you don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're paying a quarterback that much money. You yep. need those first round picks to have cost controlled players around them. Um, yeah, I know it's New York Jets picking four, Seattle's pick, New York Jets picking five, Giants picking six, Giants picking seventh with the, the Bears pick, Eagles picking eighth. Eagles picking ninth with the Dolphins pick. Although the Dolphins have won four in a row. So we'll see if that changes. And there's, I mean, gosh, um, there are. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen teams in the NFL right now have five or six wins. So this is so much parody, so much can flip there. Um, we got Travis coming in here saying, sorry, late tonight. That's okay, Travis. I forgive you. Um, maybe we'll have a Iowa Hawkeye versus a Utah Utes Rose Bowl this year. Let's let's talk it into existence, which means Iowa beats Michigan. Um, hope everyone has a is having a good night, and Nick and Carl are having a great podcast. Well, we are now, now that you joined. Um, yeah. Sending some love to the show. Thank you so much. Let's go and try to get a win on Sunday night. Go Broncos. That's awesome. Uh, thank you so much. Um, Cody W coming in. Rams not looking great. Then picks are looking good. Man, what a double-edged sword, because I feel really bad for Von Miller. Man, he just yeah. he cannot catch a break. Everywhere he goes, the team is just struggling around him. Broncos defense. Oh, Bob, trade Von Miller. Now we look great. I guess they look like trash versus the Eagles, but yeah. Um it's no, that's you know, I'm happy for the picks. Yeah. No, the Von Miller's lost seven straight games. 
Oh. My God, that's so rough. That's, yeah, it is. It's rough to see thinking that you're going from a bad team to a good team, and then that good team starts falling off, and the bad team you just left is starting to win games. Uh, I think the Broncos are three and one since getting yeah. Kenny Young, mm-hmm. something like that. So you know, Rams gave us one of their linebackers. We gave them one of our linebackers. It's working out pretty good for us right now. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you there. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, the Broncos might be picking later than the Rams, which is crazy because the Rams, we've seen it multiple years now. They have really good uh, stars, but their depth is poor because they don't have a lot of draft picks. And um, I think the 49ers have won like seven or eight in a row against the Rams. Um, and the Cardinals are playing really good football right now. I mean, they're one of the best defenses in football. I guess shout out to Vance Joseph for that one, um, even though they lost J.J. Watt. So uh, it might be tough for the Rams. They might not make the playoffs. I mean, they only have one more win than the Broncos. I think. I think they're seven and four, and the Broncos are six and five. So, it's uh, it's it's crazy, man. The NFL this year is insane. There's a lot of uh, parody, which I think Scott doesn't like as much, but I'm all about it because all these games, everybody feels like they're in it right now, just like us. <laughs> I'll take it. You know, we've been talking about it of just wanting that meaningful football in, in December, and really, even if the Broncos lose this week, it's still going to be meaningful moving forward. That's the great thing is, is it's so close. You got three teams right now in the division at six and five, one of them at seven, four. And uh, really it's just, anything can happen. I I thought the Raiders were really starting to fall off a cliff with everything that's happened to them. And then boom, they went on Thanksgiving. And so that Deshaun Jackson signing might've saved them. Yeah. Really angers me, but I think Derek Carr is eventually going to turtle um, playing in a dome in Dallas. I feel like uh, when the weather gets cold and whatever, Derek Carr kind of goes into a shell. Um, so we'll see uh, Cody W come in and saying could be, could have been a lot worse. Vaughn could have went to the Cowboys and then got slaughtered by Denver. Uh, that's true. Uh, that would have been something else. Although he would have been inactive on that game, right? Uh, Cause he was inactive that night versus uh, that next night or that night versus Tennessee. So uh I don't know if he would have played, but that still would have been pretty funny. Travis coming in here with more support and stars. Thank you so much, Travis. Uh, great to see you. Hope you're doing well. Like I said, Utah versus Iowa, Rose Bowl. Let's make it happen. Um, Carl, I wanted to actually get into the main topic today since we haven't really dug into it. We kind of danced around it a little bit, but uh, the Broncos, the formula, right? The, f- the formula, I feel like everybody's now, oh my God, it's incredible. When the Broncos run 30 times and for have 100 yards, they win the football game. Um, and when they play good defense, they win. It's like, man, if the Broncos score more points, they ended up winning. It's crazy. Um, but, uh, we got, uh, car struggles when his mascara drips into his eyes. Yeah. He looks like, uh, <laughs> he looks like that kid from uh toy story, right? Sid or whatever the, the one with the skull and crossbones mm-hmm. shirt. That being said, I would definitely take car on this team right now. And this team would probably be super bowl, pro- super bowl contender, not definitely not favorite, but contender I, with car. They'd be, they'd be at least eight and three right now. And that'd yeah. be tied for best record in the. AFC. Yep. And uh, here we go. Uh, Carl, go ahead and do the read here because I then look at the picture and just take it in because <laughs> I God, love it. <laughs> That's is, a great picture. It's glorious. We got uh, Chad's shiny marble coming in saying no free agent quarterbacks excite the marble. Well, the marble is spoken here. Ryan was loaded in Atlanta for years. Nothing. Wilson looks old. Rodgers may need surgery. Looks retired mentally. Need youth. Well, yeah. I'd say Ryan did win an MVP. And went to the Super Bowl when he had weapons and good offensive coordinator and things like that. So I, I wouldn't say he's done nothing. They, they did enough there. Um, Wilson, yeah, this year, I don't know how much I want to really read into this year. Because there's just been a lot of controversy there. Seattle doesn't have a whole lot of talent on that roster. 
their defense is terrible. Yeah. And, and obviously Wilson coming off a broken finger on his throwing hand. Like I just can't imagine him trying to grip a football and throw it with any kind of velocity. Even if it's healed up, there's still going to be weakness in that finger. And it's, it couldn't be healed up because this surgery or the injury that he had typically is um, an eight week recovery process. And he's still like a week and a half from that. And he's been playing for three weeks now, yeah. right? Like insane. So uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how much I put on. Honestly, it's for Wilson. It's more of these last few years that concern me than this season. I'm, I'm willing to call this season a wash, but uh, he's been trending. His EPA specifically has been really trending down um, these last few seasons where he's been, I mean, his, uh, his EPA and CPOE, he looks like a B plus version of Teddy Bridgewater. Those, those stats, obviously it's not a one for one, but like his, where he wins and how he wins is just like souped up Bridgewater. Although his, uh, his out, Alex, which is like uh, the average yards for the first down conversion on third down um, is like first in the NFL. So that's, that's the exact opposite of Teddy Bridgewater, but everything else is uh, yeah. a lot of it lines up, which is weird. And, and yes, it, it's taken a chance on getting a veteran. I mean, the Broncos took a chance on Peyton Manning. Everybody thought he was done when, when the Broncos yeah. were working him out. He could barely throw it like 15 yards down the field from what I understand. And so they signed him to a contract. Cause they're like, Hey, we'll take this risk. And so with a veteran, especially coming off injury, I know Rodgers and, and Wilson both coming off injury. It is. It's a risk. But that, that's what you got to do in the NFL. Chiefs, they were a playoff team, took a risk, traded two first-round picks to go get their quarterback in Mahomes. I'd say they're pretty happy about that. And, you know, the the Rams keep taking risks left and right. Whether that's going to pay off for them or not, we'll, we'll kind of see. Uh, the Cardinals, they used a top-10 pick on a quarterback. And then the very next year went and used another first overall pick on a quarterback. They could have just stuck with Rosen and said, Hey, we're going to let this play out and see how he grows. But they took a risk and said, Nope, we're going to use a whole nother allocation of big time resources at the quarterback position. And now they're looking like Super Bowl favorites. So sometimes that's just what you have to do. You got to take a risk on guys that don't have everything perfect for you and, and just hope that something works out well. Yeah. Nope. You are hundred percent correct. There. And at some point you got to love uh, somebody and take a shot, right? Uh, maybe you get lucky. Maybe you don't. Um, and Colin's making me laugh here. He says he blames uh, PFF for all these acronyms. Uh, they all stand for something like completion percentage over expected CPOE expected points added EPA. Uh, yeah, just sorry about that. Uh, typically when I post these on Twitter, at least I will put the, uh, the link of what these stand for, but uh, it's rough. Um, so yeah, let's talk again. This, uh, the Broncos formula, what do you think? Obviously we've seen three games now where this formula is supposed to work. Broncos stuck with the formula in the Eagles game. They ended up losing, but in the Cowboys and the chargers game, they were amazing. They ran the football, probably a 50, 50 split. Um, they protected the quarterback in the offensive line. They didn't really turn it over, um, for the most part and, uh, two and one, not too bad. What do you think? Well, I've been saying this for a long time. One of the, the weaknesses to the Fangio defense is running quarterbacks. Just the way you have to, to rush is very different. He likes to use a lot of stunts. That's how he gets a lot of pressure with just a four-man pressure or four-man rush. You can't always do that when you have a, a running quarterback because you're opening up lanes at that point. Yeah, and, and so it changes how he has to call the game. And so I do think that played into it a little bit. And you saw in the second half, they made some adjustments. They started going to a little bit more zone. And, and I think that played into this last game because they played a ton of zone this last week. And obviously it looked great. I think they're finally starting to reach that point where they can do a lot more of that instead of always having to go man coverage. And, and I think 
the other last thing I'll say about this is, is Fangio almost got too much talent on defense this year. I think he decided I got to be more creative. I got to get these guys in for this and this and this instead of sticking to what he knows best. And he changed up a few things. He's used guys a little bit different. Uh, you know, I just, I haven't always liked how he's called it this year. These last yeah. few games, he's been calling it more and more like he usually does. And you're starting to see better results. Yep. Uh, ZW designs coming in saying, just saying, hi, good to see you. ZW. Hope you're doing yeah. well. Um, man, it's uh, always love it when you pop in to say hello. Um, we also have a question here from, uh, I saw one from Jay. Good to see you, Jay. Hope you're doing well as well. Why did the Sooners head coach leave USC? Um, keep it short and simple. They gave him a sh- bleep ton of money and power. <laughs> They're buying yeah. him like a $10 million home or more than that. They're giving him a private jet that he can use at all times. Also with uh, Oklahoma going to the SEC, um, that's a that's rough. You go from being, you know, not to be too rough on this, but it's like, you know, the classic, you know, rating people. You know, they're, they're, that's an Iowa uh, a California two, but an Iowa eight, you know, that kind of thing. So going from uh, <laughs> Oklahoma to the SEC might be a little rough. And also the talent pool in South Carolina is incredible. Um, that then South Carolina has been for recruits. Amazing. No, not South Carolina. Oh, USC, me, South, yes. South US, California, California, excuse yeah. me. Southern California <laughs> is amazing. Um, sorry. Give me a look. I was USC, um, which is incredible. Uh, so then they've been losing a lot of those guys recently. Um, USC has to other places. Now they can keep some of those guys there. It's a, it's a sleeping giant. So I yeah. think that's why. Yeah. I, I think they, they are going to quickly become a powerhouse there. Yeah. And uh, it, it just, it's crazy watching. I mean, this is a historical time in college football. If, if you're really looking at this of powerhouse coaches, switching schools, Brian Kelly now going to LSU. So Notre Dame, that's another job that's opened up. OU, who's going to go there? Like it's just this incredible switch that's happening. That's going to change the entire landscape of college football. Yeah. Yeah, no, they have, I mean, it's a sleeping giant. They gave them an incredible amount of money. And I mean, man, these people in the NCAA were saying that money paying these athletes would ruin the game when they're paying these coaches, this stupid amount of money, man, just what an eye roll. Um, But uh, they're, they're making a lot of money and USC is a sleeping giant. They really are. Yep. Um, so Travis coming in saying meant to ask a question earlier with my last stars. Where is all the hoopla about Pete Carroll and Denver having interest? I know that we can't be picky when it comes to head coaches, but I don't want to watch him chewing gum and Denver's sideline. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think Pete Carroll's going to Pete Carroll's more likely to go back to the college ranks than he is to get another NFL gig. I think that that's uh, he's been very unwilling to change his defensive scheme. Um, and he's also been really slow to adapt to what the NFL is as far as investing in positions. I mean, no team has invested so little in cornerback and edge rusher and my God, does it show they're, they're bad. They're so yeah. bad. Um, so again, Pete Carroll, great for us talking about USC, uh, great for USC for a while. I think he's, if he gets fired, he's more likely to retire or go to the college game than he is to get another NFL head coaching gig. And, and I think his coaching style, like it worked great. His, you know, very encouraging, very open to players, be young, let's dance, let's sing all those kind of things be the rah-rah guy. It, it worked early on with a lot of young guys. Once those young guys became veterans, that message kind of ran dry. And, and you saw some of the veterans speaking out against him a little bit, as especially once they left the, the Seahawks of, yeah, it was not good. And you saw both sides of the locker room starting to fight with each other, offense, defense. And it just, sometimes you just lose it all. And uh, so I think, I, I agree with you. I think he fits better with the college setup where you're having complete turnover every four years of what your, your 
entire roster is. It's much more about the cult of personality in college football than it is in the NFL for the head coach. Um, so thank you so much for the comment there, Travis. We appreciate you. Um, yeah, no, nine street winning seasons. though. not this year for Pete Carroll. Um, seems like it's kind of falling apart there for them. Um, and a lot of that also, I think, is built on having an elite franchise quarterback for those Russell Wilson years and maximizing the rookie contract yeah. uh, for Russell, uh, Russell seasons there. So and, uh, Mike and we Sinek, might be I, we might be a little bit hard here on uh, on Carroll. Yeah, I'm Pete because I mean he did go 12 and four last year, nine straight winning seasons. Thanks Scott for that. Uh, it just that, that's maybe being a little harsh, but he also has had elite quarterback. Obviously had Hall of Fame players on his defense when he first started out there. Uh, I'm not trying to say it, it's all them. You know, his coaching has helped his building of that staff, everything. Because I mean, we see throughout the NFL, his staff has gotten jobs left and right. And so, uh, like I said, I, I don't think he'll be fired this year. I think that they just kind of ran into a really bad situation of just roster being down, Russell Wilson getting hurt. It's just a lot of things going bad right now. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I, I don't know, just, I'm, it does seem like uh, it's nine straight winning seasons. Can't work in the NFL. He's the oldest coach in the NFL by a good bit too. I don't know. I could see him uh, taking his ball and going to a different game. I'm um, kind of like Herm Edwards uh, with uh, going to Arizona state, but We'll see. I mean, maybe he'll be a coach for the uh, Falcons. Maybe you can send uh, peas over to Denver there, Scott. <laughs> um, Cody, uh, Cody W saying, what's the stats on the chiefs on running the ball in the chiefs? Um, the chiefs have a decently weak underbelly um, in the, uh, in their defense, but Chris Jones is back and he's playing on the interior again. So I'm very worried about him uh, in that regard. Uh, you should be able to run the ball effectively on the chiefs, but that means the defense has to show up. That means you can't be down two possessions halfway through the second quarter. Um, and you see, you'll see the Broncos still run the football in that situation, but the game gets pretty, pretty slow. And you, your number of possessions with how that style of offense is going to be hard to keep up because your offense is not explosive. You're not scoring touchdowns on like one or two play drives kind of thing, right? That's just not how you're built. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you stall out in the red zone too. So you got to be really, really concerned about, uh, if you can run the football, it really depends on the game flow and how good your defense is playing. I, I said it on Twitter earlier this week. That first quarter is going to decide the game. I mean, Broncos cannot get down early, like I said, otherwise and have to abandon the run game. We don't know if our tackles are going to be playing in this game. Yeah. Or what, what kind of level they're even going to be at if they do play. You know, I think we kind of expect, oh, they're just going to be right back where they were. Well, that's not always the case. Sometimes it takes him a little bit of time to get back into it. Bradley Chubb talked about it. Uh, it took him this last game to kind of get off some rust. He said, I, I ended up on the ground a lot of times and my ankle wasn't quite catching like it needed to on some things. So um, yeah, I, the Broncos need to be able to run the football. It's the only way that they can win this game. And, but that also means then the defense has to step up and, and just really keep the, keep everything out of there but we've got travis weber coming in here with uh with great stars really appreciate that travis uh you truly have just been a superstar here tonight glad you're able to to get in with us and and get the chance to talk a little bit of bronco football yeah yeah thank you so much travis and just talking about the chiefs uh rush defense here football outsiders their dvoa which sorry about the acronyms it stands for a defensive our defense adjusted value over average um their dvoa on the run defense on the season is 28th so they're they're bottom five in run defense on the season they have been playing better as of late um but 
you need the Broncos offense to come out and put some points up early and not let the Chiefs march down the field and score a touchdown, touchdown. If you even field goals are a little concerning here uh, with the way the Chiefs defense has been playing lately, but you cannot let them, you know, five, six uh, minute drives ending in sevens. Otherwise game's going to be over at half. You know, you yep. just, you don't have the firepower and you cannot play the drop back. We have to catch up pass game because a, that's not Teddy Bridgewater's game. He, the, his record in games where they're losing at halftime is like insanely terrible. Um, just ungodly terrible. It's not his game. And also the Broncos offensive line is uh, not built to pass protection right now with the tackles and whatnot. And both guards are much worse in pass pro than uh run. So please <laughs> do not fall behind because otherwise it can get <laughs> ugly quick. And I could see Broncos country freaking out and not being able to <sighs> contextualize what's going on because yep. there, there'd be a lot of reason for them struggling in the past game, given all the parameters around this team and the specifics. Yeah. All right. We got Cody W coming in here with another super chat saying ball control completely thrown out the window versus Patrick Mahomes. Well, it, they can make teams get out of that, that mode, but the teams that have had success against the chiefs, that's exactly what they do. Ball control, eat up a lot of clock, give less and less opportunities for Patrick Mahomes and the offense to get out there and, and do anything. Try to get them out of a rhythm as much as you possibly can. I think of the Colts. Uh, was it last year or the year before they won the game like 19 to 17 or something like that. And that's all they did. They just kept running the ball, just picking up positive yards, just keeping drives going eight minutes, 10 minutes, and and just found a way to, to get a, a victory that was very odd against the Chiefs. It's hard to do because they are explosive and they can be up 14 to zero in a matter of about two minutes. But yeah. if you can do it, if you can weather the early storm, and especially coming off a bye when Andy Reid has had two weeks to game plan and come up with a little bit of razzle-dazzle. If you can weather that storm, Broncos have a chance to really pull off the big, one of the bigger upsets in the last five, six years. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and people say you can't do that with Mahomes, but with Mahomes this year, I think that Vic Fangio has been one of the key guys in the NFL of saying like, hey, this team, if you're playing single high safety, cover one, cover three, Andy Reid and this Chiefs offense will beat the ever-loving beep out of you. They just they just will. But the two high safety shells, Patrick Mahomes is not shown to be patient enough and consistent enough in the short game where they can march the football down the field before they make a penalty or a turnover or something like that. And they don't have a run game. I mean, Clyde Edwards earlier in the first round, I, uh, I don't try to bring that up to Eric too often because he gets upset about that. But what a terrible, terrible pick. He's been terrible um, for them for a first-time pick at running back. Uh, but, I mean... You can look just back to this season. I know you're talking about the Colts game three or four years ago uh, where they played that ball control and the Colts ended up beating the Chiefs. But just this year, Titans beat the absolute crap out of the Chiefs 27 to three. And uh, they ran the ball very consistently. I mean, 35 rush attempts for only 2.9 yards per rush. But like they were able to do that control with the defense and keep the Chiefs off the field, even though they weren't running efficiently with that game. So uh, that's uh, I think it's definitely possible. You do need to come out early. You need to put up points early because you are not built to play catch up. Period. Yep. If you let them pet their pin their ears back, you know it's going to be a five, seven step drop, uh, deep pass game, slow developing pass concept. Good luck. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be dead. Yeah, Sorry. I'm with you. No, it's true. And uh, so it just Broncos have a chance. It's small. I'll be honest. There's a lot of things get, working in the it? Chiefs' favor. They but... played 10 games. How many times did the Broncos win? This game, not a neutral field, this Sunday night game. One. One. Okay. I was going to say uh, two, but I, I was right there between one and two. It just, 
like I said, so, Kansas City in December, Patrick Mahomes coming off a bye. There, there's just a lot of things that are very much lined up for the Chiefs this week. I'm just curious if the Chiefs, this Broncos team, and this really reminded me of an old school Iowa or Michigan State team under Mark D'Antonio, where it's like, okay, we are going to freaking rock fight you. We're going to come in and we're going to punch you repeatedly in the mouth. And if you can beat us, great. You have better athletes than us, great. But you're going to feel it the next day. That's what this offense is starting to be, and I think the defense is starting to buy into that too. Yep. So Kansas City, I I really hope I really hope they're overlooking Denver because this is yeah. there's kind of developing into more of a bully. And the only teams Denver's lost to this year really have been the teams that have out out bullied them. And yep. that's not this Chiefs team. They're not right, they're finesse physically. They're finesse team. So I'm curious because uh, the Broncos are going to come in and punch them in the face a couple times. The Chiefs blink. If the Chiefs, you know, bleed first, yeah. um, it could it could be interesting. I'm I'm really curious to see how yeah. it goes. But that first quarter, you're right. First quarter is key, and we've been saying that all season because it feeds into the formula. If you're going right. to run the ball effectively, if you're going to play action effectively, you're going to protect the offensive line. Means you have to have a lead. Yeah, and uh, we got Travis again. Travis, man, just thank you. You you are the man. <laughs> really seriously, it's been great to to have you a part of this, and um, just appreciate all the support here. Yeah. But uh, he says that the Chiefs are the Chiefs, but their offensive line isn't what it was. If Fangio can get the defense going like last Sunday and Pookie can produce, I will say, really, I will say we have a chance. Yeah, we do. You know, it's great. Our pass rush is coming together. Yes. That front four, they played their best game this last week. Yeah, it's deep. Deshaun Williams, I think, is one of the most underrated players on this team. Oh, you're making Scott hot. Careful. He's, he's going to have to log <laughs> off here. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, he was flying. There's yeah, a couple 90. plays. He was so close to making some really, really big plays. Made a couple of them actually still, but he's getting consistent. Draymond Jones, he is the silent killer. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I don't think he always shows up in the stats, but that guy is just destroying people. And now you got Bradley Chubb who's coming back. Hopefully that rust is getting more and more off of him. Uh, Got Jonathan Cooper, who actually, you know, just embarrassed Rashawn Slater this last week. So just like I said, there's a lot of great pieces looking there for the Broncos. They could they could surprise some people. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. And the other thing about this defense, and we'll have a chance to talk. I guess you and I won't, but to talk more about this game, this Broncos last game, um, best by the boundary corners we've seen all season. You saw Justin Herbert test Ronald Darby early. Couldn't do it. You saw him try to test Patrick Sertan. Couldn't do it. Um, found, found some room with Kyle Fuller, but like you're way down the list of where you want to attack if that's the one guy you can get. And that allows a lot of a uh, lot of things you can do there defensively. Also, this Chiefs team is very one-dimensional, and we saw this versus the Chargers. Extremely one-dimensional. And when you're doing that, this Broncos front four, if they can get pressure like they did on Herbert this last week, they can make Patrick Mahomes' life a living hell. And they did that with a lot of too high safety looks as well. So taking away the run means that you don't have to worry as much about the box numbers and the safety having to uh, come down and fill in the run game. You know, one of those gaps. Um, so they got, the more I think about it, the more I think they got a chance again, though, they have to come out in that first quarter and they need to put up some points. Uh, they need, and not give up some points. Cause if you do that, it's over. That's really, it is the first quarter. It's so stupid. Um, but you just, that's this team is not built to come back yep. really good. If you're close, or leading coming back is not happening. So, all right, well, uh, we're at an hour and 10 minutes, so we should probably get on out of here unless Travis wants to give more stars. Goodness. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll stick around then. Uh, but thank you guys so much. This is a Tuesday night, which means it's building the Broncos. Thanks for joining us tonight. You guys can follow Carl on Twitter at Carl Dummer MHH and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. 
Also, make sure you're following us at BTB Football Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you're on Facebook, make sure you're joining our communities there at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Uh, if you're on YouTube today, if you're joining us on YouTube, if you're not already subscribed, please do so. What are you doing? You're hanging out with us. We're having fun, uh, talking some football. Got some meaningful football in December. You're going to want to know when we go out to talk football to hang out with us. So subscribe, like, share with your local uh, uh, social media as well. And Cody W also coming and contributing very consistently here saying stop chiefs pass Denver wins. Um, beat up Patrick Mahomes, Denver wins. How about, <laughs> yep. how about that one? Let's, let's, let's get after him. Let's do a little hunting um, out there. It's uh, that'd be great, man. I'd love to see Patrick Mahomes get beat up a little bit, but uh, thank you guys so much. It's always a great show in here. A lot of good vibes in here. A lot of good energy. We appreciate it. The chat was cordial, educated, engaged. We love you guys for that. Um, Everyone stay safe. Carl, you have a great rest of your night. Everyone choose kindness. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.